One of the most iconic lines of dialogue in cinema was ad-libbed on the day by Harrison Ford in The Empire Strikes Back. So, in honor of this spontaneity, on today's 150th episode of How Star Wars Is It, we celebrate the art form that led us to meet each other. Improv. How Star Wars Is It! Well, hello there, Mike. Hi, Josiah, and hello to you, listeners. Yes, hello, listeners. Welcome to the show. This is How Star Wars Is It? And what is that, you might ask? Yeah, what is that? What is that? Well, let me tell you. It is... Uh, well, I would say it's the only podcast, but today we have some guests on that prove that to be false. Because <laughs> they so also have a podcast. Because <laughs> they have a podcast. But uh, it is a podcast where we rate things on a scale of 1 to 10, not of how good or bad they are, but of how Star Wars they are. That's right. Uh, so, so imagine, um, if you're wondering, what does that mean? Um, that's crazy, because surely you get the idea. But yeah, if you're wondering, what does that mean? Just picture all the Star Wars movies, but also things like video games or comic books, all the stuff. You throw all of that into a pot and you put it on the burner. You turn the burner on high, high, medium heat. You get it boiling yeah. and then you roll it down to, you know, medium low to simmer it. And you, you condense it all into a chili, a Star Wars chili. That chili is a 10 out of 10. And we're yes. comparing things to that platonic chili yes it's simple this is the 150th episode you <laughs> uh -huh. guys get it by now and um, this will be the first but certainly not last time on this episode that we will say sesquicentennial <laughs> yes sesquicentennial that's what this is <laughs> welcome to the sesquicentennial yeah that was a vocab word for me in like sixth grade never <laughs> never forgot it good job mrs mcgibbony um <laughs> thanks mrs mcgibbony Thanks, Mrs. McGivney, you have a great name. But so now, today on the show, uh, yeah. what we're comparing to that uh, that Star Wars chili is improv or improv comedy or improv theater, more right. more uh, commonly known as improv. Um, yes. Josiah now, and I is... met through the Chicago improv scene. Uh-huh. It's true. This is, and, and we talk about improv a lot, uh -huh. especially if you, if you have listen listened to the, to the Patreon, Patreon we, at all. We spent a half hour yelling about it, and then we spent another half hour, like, lauding it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talk about it a lot. We reference it a lot in this uh, main feed show as well. Mm -hmm. So we thought, what better way to celebrate our 150th episode than to go back to our roots, talk about improv, and to have on... Some special guests who, yes. dare I say, are experts. They they are in improvisers. This very topic. They are improvisers themselves and host a improv podcast called Talking Shop. Everyone, please welcome to the show James Dugan and Rob Grabowski. Woo! Oh, thank yes. you. Hold the applause. Thank no, you. No, so I don't take the applause. Give it. Break it all. <laughs> Give it to him. Now, e eagle-eared listeners will recognize Rob's voice. Oh, who from... me? <laughs> <laughs> from our what was it? WandaVision? Yeah, which feels like a, a decades ago. I 
thousand yeah. years ago. <laughs> thousand years ago. In my mind, I was like our Simpsons episode because oh. you were the one that <laughs> yeah. told me told me what episodes of The Simpsons to watch, and I ended up watching. I really liked, but then I realized we didn't actually do a Simpsons. Episode. Oh. <laughs> That's so, right. It was about in my brain, That's where I connect. That's who I connect you to, Rob. I, the Simpsons. I'll take it. When yeah. did we do that WandaVision episode? Oh, jeez. Hey, WandaVision. Come I out. have I no idea. I got to look it up now because it's about. We'll figure it out when. Uh, I'll look when Wanda, WandaVision ended because we talked about the whole thing. WandaVision came yeah. out like early 2021. Sweet Jesus. Oof. Feels like 10 years Oof. ago. Yeah. <laughs> At least. And and even sharper-eared listeners will not recognize <laughs> James Dugan's voice from this show, but you might recognize it from other shows. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true, yeah. Um, I don't, you, I'm not upset, but, I, but you know, wh- where you been, listeners? Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Go listen to Talking Shop and then come back here and listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> So, so speaking of, um, I I would say I am a I'm a fan. I'm a I'm a oh. shop head. I want to say shopaholic. And I I wrote down here what uh, what is improv because I, I imagine <laughs> those who listen to your show have an understanding because you guys get pretty in the weeds on the inside baseball of improv specifically even in the chicago land improv scene mm-hmm. um but uh, our listeners may or may not understand exactly what improv is uh, uh, another way to maybe phrase the question what is improv is to you three who are all improvisers what do you say in response to when your mom's friend asks you you still doing stand-up Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Before we get into this deep topic, let me just say, uh, WandaVision episode came out March eighth, twenty twenty one. So it feels so, so long like ago. 10 months. Yeah. yeah. Before vaccines were given to any of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, this is a good question. What is improv? I would like to answer the. Uh, I, I'd like to answer the question uh, that Mike asked, which is, <laughs> what does my what What do I say? Uh, when my when my parents' friends ask, "Are you still doing stand up?" So I guess to me the answer would be, "What is improv?" Oh. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I can't hear you guys anymore. You Mike can't hear us can anymore. Hear so we're gonna we can hear I you. Can Mike. Hear you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> This is we hilarious. Just keep talking. For for four guys that uh, for four guys with nearly three hundred episodes worth of podcasting like under our belt, the amount of technical difficulties we've had yeah. today is just staggering. I mean, it's actually, astounding. we we could even we could go even further because Rob, you've had more. Like, there's probably close to seven hundred episodes worth of podcast oh, yeah. experience sitting on this Zoom oh. call right now. For sure, and I'm just waiting for something to go wrong with my end. Yeah. I'm just waiting. <laughs> yeah, for 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 the listeners, we had a solid 45 minutes before this before we started recording, where nothing where where nothing worked. So we're gonna keep on going. We're, we'll see if Mike can start hearing us what, in a second. What could have happened to him? Like, what yeah. could he have hit? What? Like, <laughs> his speakers didn't just die right now, right? No. Yeah. Okay, it's it's now rolling again. God, sorry. Man, I'm so excited to hear what it was you said. <laughs> You'll find out when you listen to the episode. Motherfucker. Yeah. We will not. Guys, if you're hearing this part of the show, we've had some audio troubles this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you summed up what we were saying. 
Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> so to go off of what James was saying, we have yes. to, to, to improv. Ugh. When you're asking if you do stand up, your answer was yes. Yeah. You do. So are you saying you do do stand? No, I I just. <laughs> You just yeah, say I, that to, I, I, to I just, your, your church right. friend or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but uh, stand up, or excuse me, what is stand up to me? Um, what, is, what is improv? Yeah. Uh, improv is an unscripted uh, theatrical form, uh, almost always comedic, but doesn't have to be. There we go. That's yeah. perfect. That's a great definition. I agree with that completely. I, I, wish, I wish more people were willing to to grasp that concept mm-hmm. yeah yeah um because because you do sort of have to pick your battles of like if someone says like how's how's your your stand-up or how's your skits or whatever it's it's sort of like is it worth it for me to explain to you that what i do is closer to like a play <laughs> than anything that you can and do 100 of the time it's not worth it it is yeah. just not no. it's <laughs> no, not it's worth it not. there's never been a yeah. time when explaining improv to someone who isn't no. interested Mm-mm is there's like there's 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 multiple like hobbies or um like where where stories about them or trying to describe them just never works and like i was unfortunate to have multiple of those like anytime i would try to tell an improv story to someone who's not interested who doesn't do improv it would be like when I would try to tell D&D stories to people who don't play D&D. Because yeah. it's just like, can I tell you about my imagination? Let me just go ahead no. and tell you about my imagination. <laughs> Most of the time, it's like describing a dream. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, and people do not care. Also, I'm going... No. I, I want to I say this up front at the beginning of this, that throughout this episode, I'm sure I'm going to be dunking left and right on improv. <laughs> And I, I just need it to, to be known that I actually love improv more than most things in my life. And I like, can, yeah. I can, I second that. James Dugan loves improv. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that, it. Dugan, that, I, I have, Dugan loves it. I have gleaned that just through listening to your show. Like the, the like love you have for improv. You know, like improvisers. One of the first things that like improv people end up sort of picking on is improv yeah, yeah. itself. Yeah. But like. uh uh, it, we we talked about this on the show recently. Like, what the hell are you doing yeah. this for? If not fun yeah. and like making something, yeah. you know? Because uh, it it doesn't need to be the thing that I think maybe it, it, people who do have like at least a notch higher knowledge of what improv is are like, oh, Second City, and it's like the feeder for SNL or whatever. And it's like it doesn't have to be <laughs> that. It can just be making up a play once a week in front of people who think that you know if if you do it well enough they're like okay so what did you plan ahead <laughs> right the, the the ultimate goal of improv is to convince people that you're not doing improv Correct. yes yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> highest praise is when they're yeah. like so you wrote you wrote that right what so what part yeah, yeah. which i don't know if i ever did a herald that was that good no and i've never like did you write that i, th- I mean i've I, never done a hair where people are like wow amazing you maybe that's that. on maybe that's on my talent of doing a herald <laughs> yeah that might that might be on my team that no one ever was like so you wrote because like i don't think like it there's i guess there are some forms that lend themselves better to be like so you wrote that right yeah but they'd be like no we didn't write like a narrative like a start to finish narrative yeah. like like a baby wants candy musical or you know something that has 
character you know yeah. like that is more more accessibly like a play yeah, yeah. it's not just like you started making like <laughs> chugging noises in the middle of it and then it's like yeah we decided to write down that we wanted to make chugging noises i mean i i think that the 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 people that ask that question i i want to be i want to just like take them by the shoulders and tell them and like maybe caress their face and say Maybe you don't understand how easy this is. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the you think that that what I just did was like was scripted and that I planned that. No, actually, if you if you get up on stage and open your mouth, words fall out of it, and yeah, uh, right. <laughs> and, and and there's really not there's nothing else to this magic trick other but than that. That's the wild thing, though. Most people don't want to get up on stage and say anything. Yeah, most that's people's true. biggest fear is public speaking of any kind. That is the that right. is the biggest like because I've always thought the same thing, and maybe it's like about most performance things that I do. I'm like, it's not hard, mm-hmm. but then there is the biggest uh, like impediment in the way. You're right, is just the fact that most people, it's not that it's hard. I'm just don't, not interested at all yeah, in, no in, in, <laughs> in performing in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even just, I, I mean, I've had discussions with people where, where they've said, how did you know, how did everybody know that the scene was over at the same time? Like, it, everybody came on stage and edited at the same time. Uh-huh. I was like, I didn't. I saw somebody else moving, and then I did that, too. <laughs> yeah. And you just didn't see, like, you didn't see the split second that I wasn't moving and then yeah. moved. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice magic trick, and that's the other thing is like, um, you know, when you see a team do just an excellent show, it's it's highly likely that those you know seven people or whatever are best friends and do this twice a week <laughs> yeah. for the past ten years. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which yeah. a lot of things get easier when you do them twice a week. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, and then there's also like, uh, depending on, like there's there's kind of genre forms, you know, like I mentioned music improv or like improv Shakespeare, like you learn the nine or 10 tricks to make it have that sort of polish to it. You know, like a thing that I really appreciate in uh, Baby Wants Candy, which is a music improv group, uh, is they want it to look like you're seeing a musical, like a Broadway musical, um, so one of the things that they'll say is like end every song like hard in like a clump in the middle of the stage with like a pose because yeah. it, but if you stumble for like three and a half minutes and then on the, the very last second you like <laughs> stick the landing people will think that that whole song was great <laughs> and for, for the listener Mike was sticking his hand up in like a Hamilton gesture <laughs> each time yes <laughs> Uh, and, and in fact, that that uh, reminds me of a thing that I so so on a recent episode where Josiah and I were like yelling about improv or on the Patreon that is because it was my first day back doing a live show after like, oh, you know, yeah. twenty months. I saw you, Rob. Like, oh yeah, a week later, and we just kvetched about like bad improv shit. <laughs> That's true. We did like a half hour at a party. <laughs> I forgot about that. We just. And, uh, at each other. Basically <laughs> repeating that whole episode to you. Uh, but a thing that I've said before is like I like I like watching improv generally more than watching sketch because there's a hierarchy of like expectation level setting yeah. like 
your expectations going into an improv show are automatically going to be somewhat lower than what they might be at a sketch show because you know, oh, they wrote that yeah. versus, oh, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And then I think, uh, you know, what you were saying about it's it's not hard to do. It is, I think, maybe hard to do great True. or good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and my, my like, add-on to that little thing is people will leave a, a decent music improv show, like, with their world rocked because their expectations are even lower because then all of a sudden someone rhymes once yeah. and people are like, they didn't know! Yeah. <laughs> which, which conversely is then almost not an invitation, but it's sort of like, um, it, it's, it's justification almost for there being a lot of bad music. Yeah. Well, I mean, I actually, yesterday I was thinking about improv and I, oh, uh, interesting. surprise. Yeah. And something, because I was I was listening to an upcoming episode of Talking Shop, it hasn't oh. yet, so I will not mention anything else about it. I'll get those but, notes um, later. I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> in the, um, but in the episode, we were we were talking about college improv and how mm. in, how so many people discover it in college, or or there's like you uh-huh. know every single college has an improv troupe, and, and and there's like just this weird, not weird, but but there is a uh, passion for it in college, and. I'm always I always try and think about why like what is it about us in college that draws us to improv at that time. And I had this thought which was that improv the best improv and the worst improv look the same. Uh mm. like there are not the there the, the best po- improv show in the world they don't have costumes that you can't also wear as a college troupe. Like yeah. they don't totally. have, yeah. they, they don't have a stage that, that, that makes it any more like high quality than what you have at your college. Like improv yeah. is just, is an extremely accessible form of theater that doesn't require like a time dedication for rehearsal. You don't have to memorize lines. Right. You don't have to pour <laughs> money into the production of it. You, yeah. you just get to create it from nothing. There's That's like one true. kid at your college who read Truth and Comedy. Yeah. This is, or like in my case, you know, did comedy sports, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like before going to college or this whatever. This is great because I actually yeah. wanted to ask this, and this is a great segue. So, like, how did everybody like? What is everybody's sort of not not like bona fides, but like your background? How did you get into improv? Because you saying college troop just now, like that's how I got into improv was in college, and it was from Mike. Not someone reading truth and comedy, but someone someone who had done the IO intensive oh. <laughs> teaching me and some friends in a summer stock show I was in, teaching us how to do the Herald from what they had learned at the summer intensive. <laughs> and then one other guy had like read truth and comedy and knew about the Herald. And so Dude. we were doing like a, te- a telephone game of how to do yeah. a herald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, and, and, and the, this some... entire art form is a game of telephone. Yeah, the, like it, it, it's a fifty-year-long game of telephone. And so, yes. we, I started me and me and my friend in in college, a good good friend of mine, JT. We started our uh, college improv team, and it ended up being this really weird mix of like IO sort of uh, uh, philosophy, but then we had a couple people who had done comedy sports in Houston. And so we had a lot of short form stuff, but then we had like these weird long form games we'd play. And like some of my favorite improv moments are still from like really like 
strange heralds from, <laughs> from college that were just like me then teaching other people that about the herald when I had learned it from someone who had taken the summer intense. <laughs> and so, but even that, yeah, I, I mean, even that idea of, of like. I went and saw Harold. I didn't like read about them. I saw them, and then I came back and I was like, "I don't know how to describe this to you. I'll just tell you when you're uh-huh. doing it wrong." Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so was it for college for you too? For me, I got into the first improv class I took was when I was in seventh grade. I think. Oh wow! Um, uh-huh. My uh, my my parents signed me up for this uh, summer class that was improv, and I. Uh, went and did it. We mostly learned short form stuff, but that time that was also peak. Whose line is it anyway? Ooh, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like when Whose Line ha- had two episodes every week on ABC on Thursday nights, um, yeah. and I recorded every single one of them and would watch them back over and over again. Um, yep, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I I got into it in seventh grade. Then in high school, I. Sort of did it because I started doing drama in high school. Yeah, but there wasn't a lot of resources to like learn how to do improv. You, you, we would play games every once in a while, but nothing. Th- there was no like, this is how you get better at it, or here's like, here's lessons for it. Um, so it wasn't until college where I ended up taking again these summer courses through the arts program at my college, where I did a second city intensive one summer. I did a Steppenwolf intensive that had mm. IO mm. teachers in it also. Oh. And then oh. the next summer was an IO intensive. Um, wow. And, and so, so this was during high school? This was during college. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, and, and then went and started, you know, started my college's improv group. And, uh, nice. and, and I was, Josiah, I was the person that you are talking about who, <laughs> who like, found a book and said, we need to do this. And, yeah. uh, yes. it, like, was, it had, like, notes written in my copy of Improvise by Mick Napier that I was trying to, yes. to like, <laughs> convey to everybody. That's so funny. My copy of Improvise by Mick Napier vanished in college oh, yeah. because I gave it to, I, I let a friend in our improv group borrow it, and she, like, messed it up somehow and said, I'll get you another one, don't worry, and then I've just never got to it. <laughs> me but it was my copy of truth and comedy which i that's so which i had funny. also taken a lot of notes in and someone was like can i borrow that and read it and then they never came back Man. <laughs> rob when did you discover improv when did you uh, lose a copy of truth and comedy <laughs> i uh, i think when i got when went to io um i just threw a whole box away i was an intern at the time get rid of it uh, uh-huh. uh see what i so in like high school we didn't have improv like i was part of the theater nerds and i did like a like i got into that like younger because my mom would sign me up for this theater camp every summer for like two weeks mm-hmm. and i was that thing i'm like oh i kind of get comedy and i became a huge comedy nerd because like comedy central would reshow the british whose line is anyway all the time mm. and i would gobble mm. it up like the little fat kid i am and uh <laughs> in college there was like a improv course and you mm. came like every two years, and they took that, and I got the big Second City Almanac uh, with all the games oh, and uh-huh. everything. And then my senior year, guy Greg Ott was really into comedy, did like Second City Detroit for a little bit, like classes down there. And he's like, I want to start an improv thing. And we did like three shows, and then I graduated. And then I did an internship at a theater where I met a couple ex Second City main stage guys. 
Mm. And I was just talking to them. They're like, yeah, come to Chicago. When you come to Chicago, just take improv classes. It'll be great for you. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Uh-huh. So when I came here, all I knew was Second City. I took improv for actors. And then from there, I was like, I don't know what I owe is. What is this annoyance? What is comedy? I didn't know any of this shit until I came here. We can swear, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> when I came here is when I kind of discovered everything, and that's when I drank the Kool-Aid and went, yeah, okay. Right. Uh, these people think like I do, and I'm trying to be better, like, I want to be as funny as them and, like, creative as them, and that's where, here I am now. It's interesting you said so drink you... the Kool-Aid, because on our Nexium episode with Bethany, we, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that is when the sort of seeds for this... Episode was planted because we were like, we gotta do an improv episode after talking, <laughs> after talking about cults. After talking, oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, like, yeah. we gotta do improv. Now, Rob, you do comedy sports yes. still, yes, I still do. Yeah. So I, that was my entry point as like a middle schooler in Indianapolis. We went and saw comedy sports every so often, sure. and then my high school did the high school league. Yeah. Where for for the inside baseballiness of this, that's where I met from a different high school. So so that that is a, a thing where the theater itself like sort of sponsors a bunch of high schools and coaches them to learn the short form improv games, and then almost like high school football, you go to the other school, like a school will go to another school, and then you'll have like a, a show together on you know whatever night. Um, but uh, at another high school in the Indianapolis area, it's where it's how I first met as like a sixteen year old. Uh, John Patrick Cohen and Ali Vaughn oh, hey. uh, yeah, were both Chicago improv yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, after high school, I did comedy sports like in the summers at Comedy Sports Indie. And then uh, during college, I also was sort of in like the fledgling beginnings of an improv group, or rather it was sort of like an improv group died and then one rose from its ashes, started by Aaron Lan and Marie Maloney, who are also both Chicago improv people. Um, So like I, once, once I graduated college and I moved here to Chicago, I already knew a bunch of people who were also you know had just moved here to do it or had been here for you know a year or two and i moved on like a sunday and on tuesday so like two days later a friend of mine from high school league who doesn't live here anymore and didn't do improv for very long i don't think but she texted me and was like hey have you moved to chicago yet and i was like yeah just a couple days ago (laughs) and she was like we're missing someone in our team tonight we're doing a set at upstairs gallery do you want to play And I was like, is this what Chicago is? <laughs> this is like, it's just like improv everywhere all the time. Yes. And, yeah, and this, is. Is, like, th- this is exactly what I mean, is all of us saw shows when we were, you know, in college or younger. We yeah. saw that show and we looked at it and we said, there is nothing stopping me from being able to do that. From just doing the same the thing. Only, yeah. you're like, <laughs> the only thing, the only difference between me and them is talent. Or, yeah. you know. Yes. It, and, or time. Um, whereas... Yeah. When you go see a Broadway show and you love yeah. musicals, you watch it and you're like, amazing, but I don't have 30 friends that sing and dance as well <laughs> yeah. as, right. as that. And I don't and have... So and so... Yeah, yeah and $20 million. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, no, I have that. I just don't, don't tell anybody. I just don't <laughs> know It's on the DL. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, uh, yeah. Let's see. We have two minutes left. Should we just leave this and come into uh, the same Zoom link again? The same yeah. link. Yeah, I think so. Quick, little... uh, let's all just say who we think the hottest improviser is. Okay, real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One, on okay. the count of three. One. On the count of three. Two. two three. Three. 
John Favre. Oh! Oh! Thank you. Where were we? Yeah, so to to that end about um, accessibility, and, and I, I love that point that, that the best and the worst improv ostensibly look exactly the same. There is, um, uh, I, I, have a, I have a theory uh, also, which is that uh, bad improv and intentionally bad improv are indistinguishable from each other. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so right. Before I go onto the train of thought that I had in my head, I have to relay an anecdote. <laughs> We were doing some, like, that, that show at I.O. reps, or it might have been <laughs> yeah. some other kind of, like, open show Monday night kind of thing. Um, my indie team at the time, J.D. Dinkelman and the NBA All-Stars, was doing a set, and <laughs> the set right before us, we didn't even know if it was going to go, because only the guy who was putting it together, that, that group, was there right before showtime and said like well if no one else comes i'll just do it solo <laughs> and we were like oh brother oh, boy. uh people did show up but he was putting together kind of like a random group like last minute to come to a show because he didn't have like a, a team committed or whatever anyway they come out and he says hey everybody so um we're all in kind of a fuck it mood so we're gonna do <laughs> deliberately bad improv <laughs> no <laughs> and, and that can be maybe a fun oh. exercise in a rehearsal with you and just your team Mm-mm. to kind of like be silly. But and and of course there was also not a lot of people in the audience. But it was painful. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even um. It wasn't sort of breaking rules. You know. It was like um some. Yoko Ono ass shit. <laughs> like, like someone started, he sat down at the piano on the side of the stage and just started like banging on it. It was like, oh, this isn't deliberately, deliberately bad improv. This is like deliberately bad, like human behavior. Yeah. And then so we, we go up after them and Logan, one of my teammates kicks it off and says like, hey everybody, um, so we're J.D. Dinkelman and the NBA All-Stars. And like, it, you could just hear the energy just sort of be like, we have to, we, you know, we have 11 minutes to get everybody back on the side of like enjoying having come to the theater tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it, we got them, we got them there, but it was probably minute eight uh-huh. of 11 well, yeah, that people they were like over being bummed out. through a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes. But I, so so with regard to sort of production value, not to make this about our podcast, but Yes. Star Wars has production yeah. value. <laughs> that Mike, I was going to say the same thing. I was like What I a was blanket thinking, statement. Yeah. It has production value. It has production because value. Yeah. You, can't, you know can't you know what watch. else has production value? Craft macaroni and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It has a package. You can't watch Star Wars and go, I can do that because yeah. like Yeah. Yeah. Like you right. can, Although, I guess. I, I mean, as a kid, for sure, I watch oh, yeah. Star Wars and I'm like, I can do that. I can figure out how the force works. I just need to fi- yeah. I right. just need to believe in it hard enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. imagination inside your own head mm-hmm. kind of things. Right. That more than I guess there are some I mean, okay. Legitimately, though, there was a, lo- a long time where no one could have watched Star Wars and thought, I can make a Star Wars movie, because there was only yes. one guy that was allowed to do that. Sure. Yeah. yeah and right. so. And he, like, changed what a blockbuster movie was. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but then the fact that, like, now there are, like, 
adult filmmakers that were given the chance to make Star Wars movies who probably never in their life thought they were going to get to do that. But now I guess if you are a young like filmmaker, you can like think to yourself, I could do a Star Wars thing one day. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like a lot of filmmakers saw Star Wars and then said, I want to make a movie someday. Yeah. So it's almost like if um all of us young college kids went and saw a Herald show and then decided, I want to do stand-up someday. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. picking kind of a, a, a different or general... <laughs> yeah, I think that that is... I mean, I, there's got to be so many filmmakers out there in probably the same way that, you know, you always hear about musicians. So many musicians have that memory of, like, Elvis Presley performing on TV... That, that yeah. they're like, right. that's what I want to do. And there has to be yeah. the same thing for Star Wars amongst filmmakers. Right, right. Or how, like, um, uh, Lou Reed and, and or Velvet Underground didn't have, like, tons of commercial fans, but every fan they had ended up making their own, like, famous <laughs> rock band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a, um, oh, man, I, the, the, there's this awesome passage in Bruce Springsteen's autobiography, and now uh, this is just becoming go. a music, uh, <laughs> now, now we're, not, we're not talking about improv or Star Wars at this no. point. Um, talking about the uh, boss. Yeah, the, yeah, there's this awesome passage in it where he just talks about, like, how many millions of people, how many millions of kids my age saw Elvis on TV that day? And out of those millions, like, what is the percentage that said, yes, I want to go be, like, um, I, I want to go uh, do that? And then what percentage actually got an instrument? And then what percentage <laughs> uh-huh. did the work to learn how to play it? And what percentage of that got good enough to be able to do it professionally? And what percentage yeah. of that did like eventually become famous and and get to be that and because it's just like a shrinking percentage every step of the way um anyways uh, it's just a great no little, that's like, i that's a cool oh, yeah. thing to think about mm-hmm. i i do that same math for um podcast listeners <laughs> what percentage of our already small number of listeners would then subscribe to our patreon yeah. if we do if we do that math for improv though i think it, it it's like what percentage of people who see an improv show then go on to do improv is maybe a i don't know because like we said like we said at the beginning of the show like not a lot of people actually like to perform or talk in front of people or anything like that but there there's enough well, that's the well, that's, and how that's kind of like setup. saturated. That's, here's the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think everyone, <laughs> I think everyone thinks they're funny. You talk to yeah. anyone, no yes. one's like, "Well, I'm not. I'm <laughs> yes. not a funny person." Every moron out there thinks they're funny, and any moron can maybe take an improv class. Like I was having this conversation with, oh, I don't remember who, or maybe I heard it on a podcast where like they're like at this point, Chicago. I would say 9% of the Chicago residents have taken an improv class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. That's because it Ron, happens. And I think, I, I think you're right. I, the, I feel like it's more, I don't know if everybody thinks they're funny. Cause I know like plenty of people that would be like, I'm not a funny person. I can't tell a joke. Don't make me be funny. I think that sure. every, every single person in the world thinks they know what is funny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. For sure. Absolutely. And like knows and that what their opinion is, is what is funny. Absolutely. Right. I think that's, that's the that's very universal. thing that keeps me from yeah. writing because <laughs> I have like 
a higher taste level than my capabilities as a writer. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can- Which is also why improv is so nice because it's sort of expendable in a way and you don't have to, you know, l- like completely labor over mm-hmm. it. You know, because that's that's what keeps me from doing any kind of creative project is knowing like, oh, this is going to take me a lot of time and I'm going to like mess up and I'm going to have to fix things on the along the way. Whereas improv, it's like I have to get to the show 20 minutes before it starts yeah. and I leave when it's over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, or I mean, Mike, even yeah, to, to what you said earlier. You were in Chicago for two days, and somebody said, "We need you to do a show," and, and you yeah. and you jumped on stage with people that you did not know, and that you right. were that like, and you did a improv show that was the exact same quality of improv show <laughs> as anything else that happened that night. Yeah. That was something that I, I realized when I when I visited Chicago for the first time in when I was like a junior in college, and I was already at this point a big improv nerd. Uh, just like Jimmy Crane. And <laughs> I was like, at this point, I had already read Truth and Comedy and, and taken all the notes and had started my college improv team. And so I was in Chicago to like, we went, we went on sh- to Chicago on a uh, trip with the theater program to sort of like, like the year before we got to New York and this year we we're going to Chicago. And so a lot of people were going to see plays or musicals or whatever was like currently on. And I was like, I'm going to go see a lot of improv shows and I was looking up theaters. And so like, I obviously went to see stuff at IO cause I was like an IO fanboy. Um, I'm not (laughs) sure if I actually saw anything at second city just cause I was like way more interested in like pure improv. Like that's what I wanted to see. And I think I went to see something in annoyance and then, and then I was just looking up improv theaters and I found out about the playground. And so I went to a show at the playground, not knowing like what it was really. Uh, and, seeing a show that i was like oh i'm as good or better at improv than the people that are on stage right now (laughs) which is not saying anything negative about the playground because the playground is like was one of their things that was great about it is because like a lot of people got performance uh opportunities and like reps on that stage and then when i moved to chicago like i watched that show going like my college team is this good i this is way i was like i'm way more I'm way closer than I thought I was to like what I want to be as an improviser. And then when I moved to Chicago, the first place I did stuff was at the playground going to their like Monday night jam. Oh, and I was like, it was all coming full circle, but like the barrier for entry is low and the ability to see something and then immediately be like, I want to be doing that is, is still low. I guess like now that there was a whole pandemic and everything, who knows if any of that remains true, yeah, but in the <laughs> old days, it was great. Here's here's another thing, not to make this all about your podcast, but Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Star Wars, the something that is uh, interesting about Star Wars lately is like still with all of the production value, they're not making good movies. Yeah. Um, yes. That that like the we've still got everything. It feels like we have everything that we need. Everything that we had, everything and more that the for the original trilogy we have now. Yeah. We have more resources. We have better special effects. We have like more people that are invested in the franchise already, and yet we cannot make a good movie. Still, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it. I was thinking the same thing. Like one of the things we say on the show is like, is it universally like are people universally aware of this thing? Because mm-hmm. everyone knows what Star Wars is. They have a you, know, you walk through Target and you see Star Wars shit. Like I, everybody knows what improv is. And then another thing we say is like, 
do people have big fat fucking opinions about it? Yeah. Yes. And, and like what you're saying is exactly that. Like you could see, you could see three improv shows a night, at least back, but you know, pre pandemic times, you could go to any theater and see any level of talent. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people, if you ask them, like, have you ever seen improv? Do you like improv? Or, or would you like to go see an improv show? They will answer with like, ah, I don't really like improv. <laughs> yeah. And then it's sort of your yeah. responsibility to be like, no, no, no. You just saw Attack of the Clones. Yeah. I need to take you to see Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah the, the comparison I always make with that is I'm like, if all that you saw was like a high school garage band, you would hate right. music. Oh, it's yeah. music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't like music. You just keep going to see these elementary school like choirs sing. And I, there, there's so much better stuff out there for you. Yes, oh, totally. That's great. It's, it's very true. Yeah. The, uh, but, although- and also in, in the same way of like, I and I'm gonna say something that 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 mirrors my exact opinion about improv, which is I love Star Wars. There is like, yeah. there's no point in my life that Star Wars isn't a part of me. I don't remember yeah. the first time I saw Star Wars. Yeah. I just remember loving Star Wars. It's just Wars. always been yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, but and in the same way, I'm gonna dunk left and right on Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> totally. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. That's so funny. We say that on the show a lot too. That it's like. Uh, you know, in trying to quantify what Star Wars is in order to say how Star Wars something is, it, it is often more bad than it is good. <laughs> and I, and I keep eating it up. I keep going back to the bowl. Every yes, time that they totally. put food in the bowl for me, I go back and I eat it again. And I'm like, this fucking food? I hate this food. Yeah. I can't yes. wait for more food to land here. <laughs> Totally. I, I want to go back to something that you said, Mike, because I do think that there was a good point for how Star Wars is or is not brought up, which I do. But but so the is it universal? Because I, you said something that like, everybody knows what improv is, but I disagree because. Yeah, that's true. Coming from a smaller town where there wasn't like the closest improv team was two hours away until we started like a, a team at my college that was in my hometown. No one knows what improv was, and it was incredibly novel. Like, the, the extent to which they knew what it was was if they had seen Whose Line Is It Anyway. Yeah. And that right. would be what, what, they're, what they, they think that it is, and that would be the extent of what they think it was. Like, we got, I got paid more to do improv when I was in college than I ever got paid in Chicago to do improv <laughs> because it was such a novel new thing that we would do like birthday parties and like play oh, at coffee sure. shops and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, this is amazing. We would like s- have standing room only at all these shows because everyone was like, what's this? And it, yeah. it was like this incredible novel thing. And then I moved to Chicago and like never got paid to do improv again. And it was great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, college improv crowds are great because they've basically probably never seen improv mm-hmm. and they're the type of person who would go see improv on a Friday yeah. night in college instead of like drinking yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So they're all like good good boys and girls looking for <laughs> yeah. a fun time. But, so I do think that, that there is, we lose some points for universality because like for Star sure. Wars is so everywhere that it is hard to find someone who doesn't know about Star Wars and doesn't have an opinion about it. But improv is like niche enough that outside of outside of Chicago or New York or LA or whatever, you might not find people who have an opinion about it. Cause they'd be like, I don't know. I've never, yeah, sure. <laughs> and yeah. this is what's crazy. I used to, 
I used to uh, drive for Uber and I would talk to people about improv and about Chicago and about theater and stuff when they would find out I was an actor and everything. And I would drive people around who were Chicago locals, like natives, and who had never gone to see a Second City show, who had never seen an improv show, who had lived here for 30 years their entire life and never <laughs> seen any of that stuff. And I, my mind every time would be like, how? Yeah. Because yeah. to me, it's such <laughs> a big part of the city. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I, to, uh, I used to work in the box office at Second City, and, um, and I can tell you the amount of people that would call and they would say, yeah, we want to see the show, uh, here, like, we, we need 13 tickets, here's $400 we, like, for, <laughs> for those tickets, thank you very much, and I would like, do their whole transaction, and then they'd go, okay, great, hey, what, uh, what's the show? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, what, what are we coming it? to see? And yeah. and and, uh, and they or or they'd say, who's the stand-up that's going to be performing? Or or like, right. who are the famous people that are going to be there? And I had to explain to a customer of the theater what the art form They've yeah. already was. bought the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I and I defy any I, I I defy any movie theater employee to tell me the same story that somebody <laughs> called up and said I want 13 tickets to Star Wars by the way what is this movie Yeah what <laughs> That's the baby Yoda thing yeah. Right? yeah is that baby Yoda is he good That uh, the space all right we'll see some yeah. space. That's so funny Do you the, think there's the, uh, you... the Sears Tower the Willis Tower sky deck has this kind of pre experience that it's like all these like sort of Chicago themes like almost like selfie room kind of things and one of them is like a stage with a brick wall that says second city and there's two mic stands oh, on stage. No. and it's just like well, <laughs> like no one's ever gonna that learn what so... this thing is if we keep doing shit like that oh my god that's that funny is, because it's like that's why do we trust anything yeah. why do we trust yeah. absolutely anything if the city of uh. Chicago can't even accurately portray it that's, right, that's, right. That's wrong, like twice because yeah. it's not. It's not, like Second City. First off, isn't like super improv-y, but like so. But even when it is, right. even when it is improv-y, you don't have two mics there. And then secondly, uh, right. Second City also isn't super stand-up-y, which is the only no. reason you'd have two mics there. And then also, what stand-up set has two mics right next also, to each other? Neil Brennan's has the yeah, three. That's true. <laughs> the guy with the uh, ventriloquist dummy only has the one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you do you think there is any property that is more universal than Star Wars? So, my, I think no. I, I think the only one would be like Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay, mm. yeah. So, if we're talking about this, is something I learned recently. If we're talking about like like commerce, the mm-hmm. actual biggest property in the world in the world oh, sure. is mm-hmm. Pokemon. Oh, yeah. sure. oh, I oh mean, that's right. I, I mean, more like, I think that I could mention, I, I could refer to somebody yes. as a Jedi amongst, in a room full of people, and everybody would know what that means. Or I, I right. if mean. you're like a yeah. cool tech mm-hmm. company, you would put that in like your job description. Yes. Like, yeah. we're looking for a Jedi we're rock looking star. for a customer right. service Jedi. <laughs> I would argue yeah. that some people still don't know what a Jedi is. I really would. I mean, you're okay. not wrong. Because yeah. some people truly don't know what a Batman is or a Hulk. I, I, I guarantee it. Uh, yeah. It's true. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's true. I, and that's why that, that's why I was thinking about it. Of like, I could because, uh, or I guess if I said if I was like, oh geez, my boss, he's a real Darth Vader. It's not there, there's not going to be a lot of people that go, who is Darth Vader? Who? Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and in the same Aww. way, I th- I I feel like Wizard of Oz is just as easily referenced. Uh, where you sure. know you yeah. can say like. Wicked Witch, like Yellow Brick Road, uh, like Scarecrow needs a brain, a- any of those things, and everybody sort of already understands the context of it, and I d- yeah. and uh, and that's all just to say that would be the exact opposite of improv. If I yeah, my if boss I, is a real viola spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, oh. I, I mean, I couldn't even. I, I, I got I this new even... worker. She's a real third beat, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. It's like in a room full of improvisers, I couldn't even say like, "Ooh, that's a herald," and everybody would know what I'm talking about. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. I feel like we've I feel like we've made some good Star Wars points. I think so too. So this might be the time where we need to jump into the Sarlacc pit and take a quick break and then come back and play a game. Have we okay, watched I have, 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 have one one last Oh go ahead, sorry. I was I uh, know, go ahead, dude. Go, go, go. I was gonna say if anybody has seen the first episode of Book of Boba Fett, that's what you I was gonna talk about. You know that Star Wars just got a little more improv. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I haven't seen it yet. World-renowned so improviser Dave Pasquazi was <laughs> oh, in the Book of Boba yeah. Fett. <laughs> I, I now it. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. You may know him as Selena Meyer's ex-husband from Veep, or <laughs> the crazy chef from Father of the Bride. You may know him as he's oh. not the other guy in the Sonic commercials. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get it right, everybody. That's uh, not yeah. him. That's not him. Alright. Um, that's so funny. I was thinking the same thing, like as Josiah, you were saying, let's go to the break. I was like, I have one thing to say. I'll wait to hear what Dugan says. <laughs> Rob was about to say it too. You all were about to talk about the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, it came out, we gotta talk about it. It's hot. Yeah, it's just it's came came out. Out. It's it's a hot, hot commodity. I just haven't watched it. Good. Nothing has ever taken me out of a a, a show the same way as like Dave Pasquazi right. walking on, and I'm like, I know him. What is he yeah, right. doing in Star Wars? Well, it's funny too because there's a couple of those in The Mandalorian as well. There's um, Eugene Cordero, who's yeah. an improv guy mm-hmm. from LA, who's who's in TV shows more yeah. recognizably, perhaps. But um, there's a couple of other, you know, um, what's her face, Amy Sedaris, yeah. Like the imp- imp- uh, Star Wars B improv questionable yeah. Horatio Zanz is in it as well. Yes, <laughs> that's right. It yeah. could be trouble. We don't. We we're probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More than that. Was yeah. Another, that was another thing I was going to bring up, but we can say this real quick because I was like, "Is Star Wars improv?" I was like, "It wasn't." Maybe until like a, for a couple things. But then, like, here and there. But then John Favreau was a big improv guy. Yeah. And him, right. him starting with Dave Filoni, like, The Mandalorian, and that being... Because I think he's the reason why you have all those comedy people, like, popping up. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I feel like that puts some more of that DNA of improv back into... Uh, or into Star Wars, like, for the first time, maybe? I don't know. Do, do mm-hmm. you think John Favreau is the... Uh, most what's that i can't think of the word i want now sammy tamini posted this on facebook is the most successful improviser ever yes steve carell <laughs> oh yeah maybe i don't know i, I don't yeah. there's a lot of actors yeah, <laughs> yeah. i i'm trying to adam mckay maybe maybe uh, uh, not nearly as much as john favreau but yeah because like john favreau is like he made some blockbusters yeah yeah he started the Marvel Universe. Mm. He did. Right. It's hard to get bigger than that. 
Yeah. He directed Zathura. Oh, people yeah. loved it. <laughs> Which we have covered on this podcast before. In <laughs> earlier in last year, in the middle of the year, we did June Manji. <laughs> yeah. Was, that was one of our episodes in June. <laughs> yeah, it was a good. It was a good month. Uh, let's go to start like Pit and then come. Yeah, out. let's All jump right. in. We yahoo, and we're back. And we're back. And uh, we're back. <laughs> we have returned. <laughs> oh wait, hey, I, I have, I have one. And we're got your back. Oh, oh. oh wait, yeah. where's That's the it. where's the leave button? Bye, Where did it go? <laughs> for the listener, a common phrase for improvising before a show is to say, "I've got your back" to everybody on your team. And we never. Yes, here's why no one ever meant this. No. <laughs> That's why what Mike um, said okay. was funny and grown worthy. <laughs> so um, we are uh, we're back. We're gonna do a game. Um, so, <laughs> our our show, How Star Wars Is It, Josiah and I will often abbreviate that to HSWI. Yeah. Today's game is similar to that. It's The game is called How Improv Is It, which oh. is abbreviated to Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Hi! <laughs> so, I like that. Um, in honor of today's topic, we are playing an improv game, but oh. it's not zip zap zop or forward reverse. Mm. Damn okay. it! Okay. In this game, I will read you a line of dialogue from a Star Wars film, and you have to tell me if it was improvised slash ad libbed oh. or if it was actually written in the script, presumably. Okay. Oh my okay. god! What a if, fucking if game! You think, cool. And so, so you'll you'll each answer each question. Um, you can keep track of your own points or or whatever. Who, who I will. Gets a shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but so. Here's uh, uh, instead of like buzzing in, there's specific phrases you have to say. Oh, right. If you think that the line is improvised or ad libbed, your answer will be, "That's improv, baby." <laughs> Good. And if you think it was a scripted line, you will say, "Hey, buddy, stick to the script." <laughs> okay. Okay. For, for every question you get right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, no point. Um, and then yeah, each of you will will answer each question. So, um. Here we go. Number one, uh, the character Han Solo, the movie The Empire Strikes Back. Before he is frozen in carbonite, Leia says, "I love you." He responds, "I know." That's, that's improv, that's improv, improv baby. baby. That's improv, baby. You all get a point. That was also burned, kind of in our cold open to yep. the show today. Yeah. But um, yeah. perhaps the most uh, famous, quote unquote, improvised line in Star Wars. So I, I will say, with that, a lot of these are. Um, George Lucas famously is not a great actor's director. It's all sorts of crazy world buildy shit that doesn't make sense. Uh, and and in fact, Harrison Ford is quoted as saying, "George, you can write this shit, but none of us can say it," <laughs> or something something to that level. Um, so I don't know how much of these are like spur of the moment improvised versus like you know in the moment either the sure. director or the actor says, "Can I try it this way?" Sure. So anyway, I think that's yeah. probably one of those. Right. Okay, caveats out of the way. Number two. This character is Chirrut Imwe from <gasps> sure. Rogue One. Imwe. Uh, when, when Saw Guerrera's partisans oh. capture the hero gang and put bags over their heads. <laughs> I know all of this. I know all these words. <laughs> when they put a bag over Chirrut's head, he says, Are you kidding me? I'm blind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
that uh, that's improv, baby. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go stick. Hey, buddy, stick to the script. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say, oh, that's improv, baby. That is improv, baby. Because ah, <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if the character Cheerio is already blind, then it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the the character is, and and Donnie Yen, the actor who played him, he he apparently said. He improvised the line because he wanted his character to have a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. It worked. Good, good yeah, Rogue, one, Rogue One is so good. It is good. We just watched it. It and we, is we, good. Go ahead. Mike. No, go ahead. Oh, I was saying we just I, I, we just watched it for the first for that for the first time for the first time in a while, and I was mm-hmm. like, I enjoy this movie. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, film. I like it, and I think the things with like Darth Vader are kind of silly. <laughs> oh, I think there's one scene. It's one, yeah, one scene with him is very silly. One scene, awesome. It's improv in Star Wars. Like <laughs> I'm only gonna. Li- I like all of it, and I'm just gonna shit on it whenever I get the chance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, okay, number three, character Anakin Skywalker. Ooh. The film is Attack of the Clones, Ooh. Episode Two. Uh, while on their romantic holiday uh, to Naboo, Padme mentions sand, and Anakin mm. replies, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Interesting. Stick that's, to the script, yeah. baby. Stick to the script. Hey, buddy, <laughs> yeah, stick to the script. Hey, buddy, <laughs> stick to the script. Very hey, buddy. Um, yeah. Very clunky George Lucas dialogue. <laughs> I was going to say, if that was improvised, this would be world-shattering revelation. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. I don't think the kid who played Anakin is that quick. No. <laughs> right, right. Hayden Christensen doesn't, yeah, has okay. never I- improvised anything. No. He can Not barely even talk. In his, yeah, not even in his day-to-day life. He plans no, out no. every word he says. Yeah. Right. In in a screenplay script. Yes. Uh, okay, number four. Character is Han Solo again, and this Ooh. is in the original Star Wars, A New Hope. Uh, while freeing Leia from the Death Star, Han answers a call on a console by saying, uh, everything is under control, situation normal. Uh, had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now we're fine we're all fine here now thank you how are you (laughs) that's improv buster that's improv baby can i say i would say (laughs) hey that's improv but you said the point of the script that we wrote for you yeah I'm saying it's both. Hmm. <laughs> You're probably right. I, I wrote that's maybe improv. <laughs> um, according to this list I found online from like ranker of, of improvised moments. Here's, here's the quote specifically. Unfortunately, the hard evidence that this was an improvised line is lacking, though multiple online sources report that it was. However, given its tossed-off, super-casual nature, as well as the fact it clashes so severely with everything else in the film, and Ford admittedly has a derisive opinion of Lucas's dialogue, it's a pretty safe bet the actor made this up on the spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like truly, in a in a world in which every line, in which everything is delivered, like oh, the prophecy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to have somebody just like say that, that that's that's improv, baby. Yeah, that's yeah, improv. Yeah. Baby. Do you, uh, side question: Do you think Harrison <laughs> Ford hates Star Wars? 
Absolutely. I think Harrison Ford hates Star Wars more than any other human. <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. And, I, I think, and part of me makes me love him more for that. I think he a, loves quote, the money. I think oh, he hates, absolutely. He hates Star Wars. There's, there's yeah. this like anecdote that Mark Hamill has told, I think probably multiple times on like talk shows where uh, – they're they're shooting the original movie and he asks a question like wait will this even make sense if i say such and such blah 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 and that harrison ford's response was kid i don't think it's that kind of movie (laughs) (laughs) don't worry stick to the script buddy stick to the script Um, buddy let me do the improv around here (laughs) (laughs) we have another rogue one here this is the character k2so the robot Mm -hmm. um he uh he tries to fool stormtroopers into believing that he's escorting cassian and Jin to prison and in so doing he smacks cassian across the face and warns him and there's a fresh one if you mouth off again Mm. (sighs) Hey hey buddy that's Stick to improv. the script. Oh, that's I'm gonna say that's improv, baby, because that's my man, Juilliard educated Alan Tudyk. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, it Tudyk? is improv. Oh, and apparently Alan Tudyk improvised both the slap and the dialogue, and in that scene, Diego Luna, who who plays Cassian, uh, covers his face afterward, which which makes sense because he just got slapped in the face, but it's because he was like smiling and giggling. <laughs> <laughs> so you can kind of see in the actual cut of the film him like trying to conceal a smile. That's cute. Uh, number six, Luke Skywalker uh, from Star Wars, A New Hope. In disguise as stormtroopers, Luke and Han escort Chewie into the Death Star elevator and Luke says to Han, I can't see a thing in this helmet. That's a good, I love Mike's Luke impression. <laughs> all all I, of Mike's impressions have been solid. It was a good Harrison yeah. Ford a little bit ago, uh, too. Yeah. Uh, um, that's say, improv. That's improv, baby. No. Hey, buddy, stick to the script. Hey, Ooh. baby, this is the script. <laughs> uh, that's improv, baby. Oh! So apparently, it is something that um, Mark Hamill said, knowing that the cameras were rolling, but he like literally couldn't see out of the helmet, and it was mm. just sort of a joke to Harrison Ford because he knew he would have felt his pain. And then everyone on set thought it was funny, so they just kept using it in subsequent takes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good job, Mark. Uh, yeah, it's almost more like a prank. That's prank, baby. Yeah. Ah, the uh, Impractical Jokers. How, how Star Wars is Impractical Jokers. Oh, God. Uh, um, number seven, this character is Poe Dameron. This is from The Force Awakens. It's at the very beginning when Kylo Ren attacks the village um, and he confronts Poe. After some silence, Poe says, so who talks first? You talk first? Mm. That's improv, baby. That's script. That's script. Stick Home. to the script, Buster. That's improv, baby. Oh, dang, Rob is good at this. Here's yeah. another one that I have like context for. Apparently, it wasn't in the script, but that's because Poe Dameron wasn't even supposed to survive that movie. You know, he kind of comes back halfway oh, through, yeah. and, and they added that in later because like JJ and and uh, Oscar Isaac were just like he, they like each other, and he was like, I actually kind of want to be in this movie. So then they shot a whole bunch of scenes that like weren't part of the original shooting script oh. that they just. Kind of piecemealed because they were like let's keep you around nice the 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 sequel trilogy is such a fucking mess yeah like 
the, the, the it really fact, is like a Mad Lib. Yeah, the the fact that, that their main character, when they were making that movie, one of the main characters are like, oh yeah, he's not going to survive. And then yeah. <laughs> and then halfway through, they're like, no, wait, he will survive. Yeah, and we'll, now we'll he has to be in all of them? Uh, yeah. We, we yeah. don't know. Get rid of Snoke. Uh, do whatever you want. <laughs> so goofy. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Obi-Wan Kenobi in episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Oh. After defeating General Grievous by shooting his heart with a blaster, <laughs> Obi-Wan ditches the gun and dismissively says, So, so uncivilized. uncivilized. So uncivilized. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm Alec uh, that's. Hey, stick to the script, buddy. Yeah, that's, that's pure see... script, Holmes. <laughs> I'm going to go against the grain here and say that's improv, baby. That is a stick to the script. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I, I said, presumably, that is. Yeah. Uh, what what a George Lucas thing to do, because mm-hmm. Alec Guinness in the original Star Wars says specifically that lightsabers are you know more civilized and accurate compared to blasters. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely uh, feels like it was in the script, for sure. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. That, a more elegant right. weapon for a more civilized time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Someone's Man. a fan. Do you Someone's just a fan. Like, do you guys just like want this show? Yeah, you can have it. <laughs> I'm okay. We've got 150 episodes, so like. Yeah. Um, okay. Two more. Number nine. This is a Qui Gon Jinn line oh. uh, from the Phantom Menace. As Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Jar Jar are leaving Gunga City in a bongo, <laughs> they are almost eaten by a fish. <laughs> then an even larger creature swallows their pursuer, and Qui Gon says, "There's always a bigger fish." This this has to be stick to the script because. Yeah. Because Liam Neeson didn't see any of that happen. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Agreed, agreed, agreed. <laughs> There's no way he could have reacted to it because it would just no. be right. like, and now it's okay. There we go. I'm going to uh-huh. say six. So, here's here's what I'll do for this question because you know like when you take a exam in college and like everybody gets the question wrong because it's a bad question so they mm-hmm. just throw that out and they re-average everything. I'm going to do that with this because <laughs> apparently what I have here is that's improv baby no and way. I wrote specifically in the context here i wrote i don't know what to believe here because it's such a george lucas line but according to writer henry gilroy who adapted the film into a graphic novel the line was not included in the shooting script he was given wow this is to your point you're right like that that whole movie is like an animated mess yeah Yeah. (laughs) so there's there's now i've i've done a lot of improv and there's and I'm trying to put myself like in that in that state of mind where I'm sitting on a green box surrounded by green felt and like there's one dude sitting behind me with a with a like head pasted onto uh-huh. his own head right, right. and and George Lucas who is not an actor's director describes what is happening to yeah, me okay so uh, there's I a fish feel, chasing you yeah and, and I then feel so inspired a bigger fish and I feel so inspired uh, to be like huh I got a line for this. Oh, I <laughs> Someone communicate to the guy in the light booth that this is the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Um, yeah, great point. Um, so, okay, next, uh, number 10. This is Leia Organa in The Last Jedi, episode 8. When a force projection of Luke arrives on crate at the end of the film, he sees Leia and struggles with what to say to her. She says... I know what you're going to say. I've changed my hair. Mm. That feels pretty Carrie Fisher. 
Yeah. But Carrie Fisher was dead at this point. So. Oh. Oh. At that she point, wasn't though? dead in the movie. I know. She filmed something. <laughs> I didn't she say filmed yeah, she, she filmed all yeah. of The Last Jedi. But I'm going to say. Oh, go ahead, dude. I'm going to say that's improv, but, baby. I'm, I'm going to say, say it's improv, baby, too. I got to say, stick to the script just because they. Like they, they they like re-edited her around in so like so much that eh, I stick to the script. Uh, that's improv, baby. Oh, uh, damn! It's it's sort of a, a cute Leia hair joke in general, but it's also what Han says to her in the movie prior, the first time they see each other oh, in a yeah. while. He says, "You yeah. change your hair." Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, Carrie Fisher is such a like script doctor and like writer that. I mean, I, I don't think it was probably in the shooting script, but like it does feel like so clean that it's like practically a scripted line. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of the game. I, I don't know who who took uh, it home, I've got, but I've uh, got the score here. Uh, uh, <laughs> I got four right. Uh, Josiah got six right, and Rob Grabowski got seven correct. Holy cow! (laughs) I thought Rob won that one. I've done a lot of work with actors and a lot of work with improvisers. I feel like I can (laughs) tell the difference. (laughs) Not not too shabby. Not too shabby. Well, so, okay, so let's try to sort of, like, take all these spare thoughts that we've had about improv and Star Wars and try to, like... Coalesce. coalesce them a little bit because we've had a couple of good points it's improv is not as universal uh, mm-hmm. people do have opinions about improv though big fat fucking opinions um improv- and the the people that have the worst opinions are the people that love it the most yes <laughs> yeah yes. i i saw a tiktok that was like what's your hottest take of star wars or like as a star wars fan what's your like craziest opinion and the person said mine is uh i like star wars <laughs> <laughs> yeah very controversial yeah <laughs> what else did we say we said um improv is a lot more there's not a really a barrier of entry to improv i you know mm-hmm. there's not a barrier of entry to being a star wars fan True. Um, well, sure. there's well, a good amount of gatekeeping. Well, the gatekeeping. Yes. That's true. <laughs> like, are you a bad fan? <laughs> yeah. Right. And you do, the, there is a lot of it now. The, the, it used <laughs> to be that you only needed to watch three movies, but now there's like nine movies. There's TV shows. There's, yeah. yeah. You, know. you know, weirdly, that's kind of where the idea for this podcast came from because yeah. we were talking about. You know, before this podcast existed, we were talking about whatever movie had come out and and saying, like, did it feel like Star Wars? Like, how how would you say it was a Star Wars movie? Because that is sort of like the way people frame stuff, that it's sort of like, not my Star Wars. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, well, what constitutes Star Wars? Hey, yeah. Star Wars great again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the other the other kind of pieces that we cover a lot in fact a listener of ours uh created a rubric of different like subcategories of things we talk about a lot on the show yeah character archetypes are there very like clear-cut almost caricature level characters in both things of course in star yes. wars i would say an improv show oh, yeah. absolutely <laughs> almost exclusively There's, like this weird guy <laughs> you ever you ever seen my southern lawyer uh, uh, objection, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, 
I might just be a simple, simple man from Alabama, but I know right from wrong when I see There's, There's the two people to the side of the stage listening to the conversation happening on a police wiretap. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was always divorced dad. <laughs> right there's there's um someone inevitably one out of every maybe five improv shows will say this line well that's why mom left us oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. just um, like how pineapple is always a suggestion yeah. yeah my uh one of my one of my most hack go-tos is uh if somebody is if somebody's trying to sell a car i will come in and pretend to be like an it's such a fucking high concept walk-on but i'll always be like <laughs> in on I'll, I'll be like raising the price i'll be scamming the guy by being like oh i'll pay more for that and i'm trying to think about the cliches now that we're on this little cliche train there's there's like um oh gosh there's the 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 the, the dumb kid the snotty kid like any old person yeah, uh-huh. any old person. Uh, There's names that I feel like McGillicuddy is often oh, a last yeah. name. The wa- Carl is often a first name. The waiter, just any. Always the, a waiter. Sure. Yep. The very involved yeah. waiter. The yeah. boss. Uh, the the boss who wasn't there for the thing that you did, but now is bringing you into his office. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to talk yes. about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's also not even like those cliche moves. Just cliche people who are, do improv. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yes, yeah, like the four of us here today. Yeah, together absolutely. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Thank God none yeah. of us are wearing plaid right now, or else it'd be yeah, really, really Well, I keep, I keep turning, I'm going to pull the camera back. I keep turning the camera on and off because I'm standing up because my chair is uncomfortable. I am wearing plaid pajama bottoms. Okay, so that's, that's, that's plaid yeah. bottoms, not a it's plaid top. It's so it's sure. I'll let it slide. My, my closet is right there, and I think I have no fewer than... Ten plaid shirts inside <laughs> yeah, of that. Totally. <laughs> it might be me too. We, we, we're all oh, here. We sure. are here. Oh, yeah. sure. um, so, other categories we have here are. Um, Stealth, because in like almost every Star Wars, there's some sneaking around going on, like yeah. verging on sort of Scooby Doo level territory. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I think that happens Absolutely. every so often. You can, you don't have to tell people you're an improv, and no one will ask you about it unless you bring it up. That's true. You can be very <laughs> stealthy about it. Yeah. I, I was also just thinking about when you cross behind the stage, and, and like, <laughs> when you when you don't want to, you don't want to yeah. give away yeah. that you're about to do a walk on, and so you yeah, have yeah, to yeah, sneak. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I uh, like that a lot. You take those long strides, but you try to keep your feet on the ground so you're not like clomping too hard. Another one is a uh, black and white. Like, is is it clear cut good versus evil? Like, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker are just like such cliche good versus evil. I don't know that. Anytime I do some sort of narrative, again, like story start to finish improv show, yeah, it's oftentimes musical, which tends to have more heightened things like that. But I also do Storytown, you know, for, for kids. And mm-hmm. that is like almost without fail, there's like the mustache twirling villain oh, yeah. and like yeah. the hopeful good boy. <laughs> well, for Clued In, it's the same thing. It's like there's uh-huh. going to be a bunch of people who are suspect. And there's going to be some asshole that's got to die. And we got to figure out why yeah. everyone killed this asshole. That's, it falls into the character archetypes a little bit, too. Like, it's kind of a similar conversation. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, let's see. Hero's Journey. Um, no. That's kind of in the same <laughs> realm. Where, like, I'd no say... one who does improv is a hero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
uh, composite is is improv a collage? You know, we talk about Star Wars as being a lot of you see a lot of Lucas's influences worn on his sleeve, and then here in this Disney era, you see a lot of Star Wars being its own influence, and it's a snake eating its own tail. Like, yes, does improv have that? I think. I, I mean, yeah. all of that. Improv has all of that. Where they, they, there's a guy, there's a guy on a team that I was with. I was on a team with this guy for years. Every single show since. The day that the HBO series Chernobyl came out, he has brought up Chernobyl <laughs> in every single show. Yeah. Like, without fail, Chernobyl will be brought up for some reason. Yeah. So, so that's definitely like seeing the influences on his sleeve. But also, yeah. so much of improv is us is like us coming up and going, "Great, now I wanna, I, I, I wanna like change improv, or I wanna do it differently than these uh-huh. people." So we are all in reaction yeah. to like whatever improv was five years ago. Uh, yeah, but also right. in like more filming stuff, be it TV or movies, more people are just being like, great, let's do what's written. All right, have fun. A lot of more, yeah. and see more of that for sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like they would say on, on like Parks and Rec, it, it was a fairly tight script, but then after they got everything shot for the day, they do like a fun run. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> is, is it a movie? Because most of Star Wars is a movie. <laughs> Don't think twice, is. I was going to say, there's one movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say often Ooh. improv does not have like an A to Z narrative. It's a lot of times mushier yeah. than I... the kind of straight down the middle narrative structure that Star Wars often takes. Now, I haven't seen it, but what about that James McAvoy movie where he didn't get a script? What? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, no. Oh, look it up. It just came out like last year where um, they like uh, they shot every scene. James McAvoy was never given a script. And so he just like discovered the plot as the movie went on. Cool. Um, and, and was just kind of like reacting to what was happening. Uh, oh, I forget what it's crazy. called. It's called um, My Son. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I haven't seen it, and I'm willing to bet that after I see it, my reaction is going to be like, huh, interesting concept, but it wasn't a very good movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like probably about right. Yeah, there's not there's not movies, or improv isn't movies, but like movies have a lot of improv, so I don't know yeah. if that counts. But Yeah, it's like a square rectangle yeah. kind of thing. And also, almost all filmed improv is bad. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately... Um, Except for Iron we, Man, John Favreau, we, great job. Oh, no yeah. script, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We covered big fat fucking opinion and universal awareness, but the last one on our rubric is bangers. Yeah. Does improv have like recognizable borderline operatic music associated with it? <laughs> jazz. If you want to yeah, talk about a different say, kind a of different, improv, a, a thing that we're not talking about <laughs> yeah. is jazz, and and that is music, improvised music. I have, yeah. I I have people's like certain teams like walk on songs still stuck in my like oh, yeah. I, yeah. I associate certain songs with improv because of teams walk on music like Absolutely. yeah i first heard lizzo because of altar boys i first I, if you oh, remember yeah. that group yeah i, also I first heard lizzo mute- because of someone on my team being like we have to do uh whichever song was the first big one and i was like yeah, Who? what's all this i oh. also think with musical improv specifically, there's so much repetition and like finding what the chorus is and yeah. uh, and repeating it that oh those those are earworms for sure. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you guys are Star Wars nerds. Yeah, what do they call jazz music in Star Wars? <laughs> 
jizz. jizz. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I found, just they call by pure happenstance, I found it out today, seeing something on Twitter, and I was like, I... I no wonder people are mad at this thing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, we, we had a real speaking yeah. of improv and success in improv, we had a real discovery moment here on the show a year or so ago. We we had Luke Null on the show and we mentioned that fact and it like blew his mind. Yeah. I mean yeah. it had to have been it had to have been a mistake by George Lucas that he just won't admit. Yeah, got, right. <laughs> At this, it's gotten way too far away from him, and he can't yeah. really think about it now. But he's yeah, like, if right. I could go back, I would. I, I would. Oh, I can't. I can't believe I mispronounced it that one I time. And... I can't believe I said jizz. Oh god! It was probably. Uh-huh. It was definitely like it was probably a joke. He was like, "What if it was jizz?" Right? And then someone was like, "Yeah, write it down. Well, write it down." And <laughs> if this would have, if 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 he wrote this, this would have been written down in what, like 1974, 1975, yeah. which is yeah. before like, so... sperm was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone called exactly them nocturnal emissions. Yeah, no one knew what sperm was. Yeah, <laughs> and it was all at night. It was yeah, all at constantly night. at night. Uh-huh. Smoking your jizz cigarettes. Uh, yucky. Uh-huh. That's yeah. what the bits are always doing. They're like. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Uh, so, so, so I don't know. I, yeah. I, uh, I think we covered the spectrum here. We did. <laughs> We we found a way to talk about jizz, which is great. Let's, yes. but we should You're start welcome. to wrap up. Let's see, can we find a unit of measure? Does everybody? Yeah. So we all choose our own unit of measure. Normally, it's related to something, to yeah, a topic, or to Star Wars, or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I could probably give it a rating. I feel like I'm pretty close yeah. to knowing the number yeah, I think here. So too. I'll let you guys. I'm ready. Create your uh, units of measure first. Okay. If you have an idea, I think I'm my unit of measure is going to be. Uh, Guys named Mike. (laughs) Sorry to Mike Gospel on this podcast. Uh, Are we all just sharing a unit of measure? Yeah, yeah. Uh, My unit of measure is going to be uh, a sweep edit. Yeah, (laughs) good. Mm -hmm. Okay, my unit of measurement is going to be um, Star Wars characters. Oh, there we go. I like that. And mine's going to be the Tonette 14 Bentwood chair. (laughs) (laughs) Being a design nerd and improv nerd, I know the creator of the classic... Uh, is, this too, is this too obtuse? Up our own The thing I will is. say about my unit of measure is specifically uh, it's the Bentwood chair when it is being used by an improviser making it appear as though it's floating because the scene takes place in a haunted house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. And the person's going... <laughs> uh, okay. How many whooshes, so, yeah. Now we can give it a number. I think I'm yeah. going to go... I don't want to like... Mike, do you know what your number is? Well, I definitely think it's sort of below the midway yeah, point on middle. a scale of 1 to 10. Because mm. it is uh, not like <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, we, I think we made a fairly compelling case to still give it like above our kind of go-to for something that's kind of random of like a 1 or a 2. So I'm going to say like a 4? Yeah, see four. Four, four floating Bentwood chairs. I like that. I was <laughs> I was thinking of four. That was my gut. I'm gonna go ahead and say, uh, uh, four guys named Mike, which is every improv team I've been on. <laughs> which uh, is an improv. Team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Four guys named Mike. I'm gonna say five. 
Because something mm. we didn't talk about, I know we're, we don't have too much more time, but something <laughs> we didn't talk about is improv can be Star Wars because you can be a Jedi in improv. You That's can true. have lightsabers. You can be yeah. a, whatever a Jar Jar Binks is. You can be those things. And as long as your teammates are like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Let's play it with this, then it's A-OK. I think that's part of yeah, the fun, right. <laughs> the charm of improv. is like yeah. you can be, you don't have to be a white guy. You can be anything you want to be. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So I give it five, uh-huh. five sweep edits. Oh, I'm so sorry, five, I, five hesitant sweep edits. Or the one where you kind of shake your head like, that yeah. scene that I'm sweeping yeah. was bad. Boy, oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> um, so I um, I misunderstood the assignment, but I'm gonna push through with uh, with what I have because I was putting it on a spectrum from like uh, my like <laughs> o- like Obi Wan Kenobi is all the way over on like good Star Wars and so but what I'm gonna give uh, what I'm gonna give this uh, what I'm gonna give it is uh, a Foden's bead Foden's bead. <laughs> Which because is notoriously improviser Greg Proops. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember the other guy's name, but he was like a comedy guy too. Wasn't yes, it? the two-headed pot, the two-headed pod racer announcers. Everybody, for those of you who don't know, uh, one phone and one bead. <laughs> I got it. When you said Greg Proops, I'm like, I understand now. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny. That makes sense. That's a better rating yeah. than than a number, anyway. <laughs> Well, folks, there you have it. It's a it's a, a, a four and a five and a and a one one B what one B Foden beads Foden bead. There we go. So it's about time to wrap up the show. So, if, uh, folks, if you do, you want us on the internet because if you do, you can find us at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at a good podcast at gmail.com. I'm not going to read any of our spam emails right now because we're out of time. Uh, but yes, this is a good podcast. So just tack at gmail.com yep. to the end, and that's our email. And um, tell about the Patreon, Mike. Yeah, if uh, if you like this, wouldn't you also like another third? minutes every week yeah <laughs> um we have a patreon which is uh patreon.com slash how star wars is it uh there's a lot of different tiers but the kind of main one to get the bonus episodes and our monthly bonus commentary track of a different star wars movie it's five dollars oh. a month so uh, only five dollars check that out and do you guys have anything to plug? Yeah, uh, you can check out Talk and Shop. Uh, that is a improv podcast hosted by me and Rob. It is uh, every week we sit down with a different member of the uh, comedy community, usually from Chicago, but uh, but the, there are no rules. We do it from all over the world. Uh, and we talk to them about their experiences, their successes, their failures, and just uh, their thoughts about improv. Love it. Oh, you can also hear uh, Mike Gospel. Yeah, on an episode of Poppin' Bottles, if you want to hear my, uh, hosted by myself and Josh Segovia, where we have a guest come on and talk about their favorite beverage, and we have uh, several different silly uh, uh, segments within that. Josiah, we got to have you on. Yeah, I'd love to. I have. I just drank my favorite beverage here on the show earlier. Don't spoil it. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't tell us. Don't tell us. I won't say. <laughs> Dude, we, I said we'll have you back because we've been on already. I also Thank was you. lucky enough to be on the sort of bracket style episode of powdered oh, drinks yeah. and we oh, all no. a bunch of fucking adults had like the first like true 
toddler style sugar crash that I've had since I was probably like literally six. It was a lot of powder drinks. I had the joy of recording, I think, a Patriot episode with Mike after that, and he was like, My tummy hurts. Right. I was like, I feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, James. And yeah, Rob. thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks. This is fun. This is, I mean, the, there are there are not a lot of things that I enjoy talking about more than improv and Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great combo. Well, so we finish the show. We always say you can you can feel free to say it with us. We always say uh, we love you and may the fourth be with you. So if you'd like to join us in saying this, uh, you you can. But it is about time for tell you bye bye. Yeah, that's right. So, like we always say, we, we love you and may the fourth be with you. you. Bye bye, everybody. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you, guys, yeah. so much. Oh, should I have been recording on Audacity?